Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest and narrator Christian Black. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, Christian. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to put you in the hot seat. I mean, get to know you better. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I was quite surprised actually to be invited, but I'm it, it's it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, it's a good surprise, if anything, because <laughs> uh, I've done a couple of posts on social media across a couple months ago. And I asked, you know, who are the narrators that are up and coming that you don't think are getting enough attention? And a couple of other people had done similar posts. And so I was looking at that too to get an idea. And boy, was your name popping up. That's, so that's, that, that, that's interesting because <laughs> I'm actually very in the loop in terms of having an ear to the ground with social media and stuff and in various groups. And I'm not much of a um, participant <laughs> so much as an observer a lot of the time, but um, I, that's surprising. And most of the time I just get, you know, the author feedback and then occasionally a, a review, but no one really reaches out that often. So that's because you're not Vivi. Uh, <laughs> it, it helps to be more on the listener side than on the business side too. So <laughs> I straddle, I straddle both. So it's, you know, I get the, the perk of seeing both things. So yeah, but your name came up quite a bit. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So I was like, I got to talk to this dude and figure out what the whole, like, aside from the obviously good voice, because duh. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I wish more people actually would reach out. I mean, at this point, I understand if you're, you know, established and you've got thousands of fans, it's it's annoying probably to be hit up every five seconds. But for me, I'm like, I'm recording this stuff and it kind of goes out into the void. So unless someone acknowledges it, I'm like, who's listening to this? Yeah. Well, let's, let's, pay let's, let's see how our chat goes yeah. and we'll keep a number like before things get published, after <laughs> things get published. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. You go. So why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into audiobooks and narrating and how long you've been doing it. Yeah. So obviously I'm married to Lori West. We kind of started doing the whole independent uh, narration thing around the same time. Um, I've been doing this for about two years back. I think the edition process for some of our first books was back in like late summer, early fall, 2019 before COVID, but I didn't, I was still working an IT job full-time. Um, I didn't do this completely full-time until about a year ago, actually. So one year in that, I guess to start at the beginning and um, the whole acting thing. <laughs> oh, there's acting too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yes, about acting that. is involved in narration, <laughs> believe it or not. No, about 20 years or so ago, I was a junior in high school. I did this one act student directed play and I just, the bug got me. I was just like, this is what I want to do. There was this point in that time where I was like, I'm going to go to you know college and study theater and I'm going to be on stage or I'm going to go to you know LA and be in films. And that was what I wanted to do. And I was like, that's not realistic for most people. <laughs> Those dreams, you know, I'm like, I got to be a little more practical. So years go on and I end up doing various jobs and eventually land on doing an IT um, job for about well, uh, six, seven, eight years ago. And I started doing that completely, but I was still doing, um, you know, after high school, I was doing dozens of shows in community theater. So I got a lot of experience from that. I didn't have any formal training or classes. It was just 
your straight uh, stage experience. And um, let's see here. I was also working at, there's a while I was working a second shift job. So doing any of that, there was like this six year hiatus where I didn't know acting whatsoever. I just missed it. And eventually once I got into the IT job, I was able to do that again, but it wasn't professional. I wasn't getting, you know, paid for it. It was a lot of good experience from an actor, an acting standpoint, but um, nothing paid. And I was, you know, Lori was starting to, she had started, I think about six, seven years ago, maybe eight now. You might've mentioned that she was doing um, work with Brilliance Audio. Yeah. Um, a publisher right off the bat. And she was doing it once in a while because she was still working a teaching job. But eventually, you know, the teaching thing got kind of burned out with that. And she wanted to experiment with the idea of doing this full time. And we didn't have any kind of home studio or anything. And so she decided, you know, let's give this a go. And I was nowhere near thinking I was going to narrate. I was like, I'm just going to handle the post-production. I'll, you know, research everything we need for equipment and, and you know, sound treating a space and all that. And that's kind of how I got started. That was mostly just kind of her IT guy, the engineer behind everything that she was starting to do independently. And eventually I realized, oh, she's been doing a lot of romance and there's, there's definitely a call for uh, males involved in that process, especially when there's books that are written dual POV. You got a male and female and she's like, well, you're an actor. You already know some of the equipment, you know, the recording software and the the tech and all that. So why don't you try it? <laughs> this wasn't the case of me, uh, you know, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to read a book, you know, in the corner by myself for hours and see if I can even handle this. Like not every actor is equipped to be a narrator. Yeah, <laughs> It's just, it's a completely different beast. And we've got a lot of, you know, fellow theater friends that think this is just an extension of that, but it really is completely different. And I ended up just doing my first book. I think it was, uh, Lion's Heart by Jordan Silver. It was like book three in the series or something. And it was just straight up romance, like in everything you could think of. There's a lot of steam in there, a lot of language, a lot of everything, which I don't have a problem with at all. But I was like, man, trial by fire. I'm going to do all of this right off the bat. <laughs> and I don't even know like if I can handle it. We're like dedicated to doing this book now with an independent author and boom, here we go. And it wasn't even a split, you know, a 50-50 split on that. I think I ended up doing about three quarters of the book. It was actually mostly the male POV. And so I'm like, well, I really liked that. Actually, it turned out fine. And, you know, it kept uh, snowballing from there. So, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of where we are now. <laughs> so just a bit, um, Lori said, get on the mic <laughs> and trial by fire. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, when I talked to Lori, she was um, very nice and said that um, she was like, hey, I think an author was looking for a male narrator. And she's like, well, my husband can act. And <laughs> boom, a star is born. And uh, so, yeah, so it was really uh, cool. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to see what his side of the story says and sounds like. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, she and I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I use my real name? And she had a pseudonym, obviously, that she uses. So I'm like, what am I? What's mine going to be? And she actually came up with it for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good name. It's a good name. It's in it. I think people's first impression too, since I mostly narrate romance, is that it's a kind of a play on Christian Gray and oh. Fifty Shades. Oh, I, did. I didn't even do that. No, See? you didn't. Okay, I, I assume know, I most not. people that would make that connection. That's not actually what it was. And I'm not really outing myself here by saying this, but it's basically my Christian's my middle name, um, and then Black is kind of derived 
like my last name is kind of a translation roughly derived from that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's essentially my middle and last name, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I love that. It's, um, but then I was, but then I was like, oh, but this works perfect for romance. Yes, it does. It just also flows nice. Christian black. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and up here yeah. at the top of lists, if it's alphabetical, you yeah. know, generally speaking, <laughs> it says the girl that with the first name V. Yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm always at the end. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But you've been doing this now for, you know, you said about a, a year, especially full time. Yeah, a year full time, two two years for, you know, since my very first book, but full time, about a year. Yeah. yeah, which is again fantastic. I always say goals when you're able to do stuff like this full time. I'm, I'm oh, trying to get Yeah, there, it, so. it blew my mind when I was able to transition to this full time. I was like, we're getting so much work now largely because of, because of her. I mean, most of the dual books we auditioned, she was kind of like the initial narrator that the author wanted. And they were like, do you know a male narrator? And I just keep joining on that way. Like, mean, hi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, almost everything we've done has been dual. There's a couple duets and then there's, I've got a solo series, sci-fi romance, uh, She on Warriors by Regina Bell. That was the first time I actually auditioned and booked solo work. That's still a work in progress. So <laughs> that's a fantastic. Yeah. 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 So coming from some form of a background as far as acting goes, but not really doing anything with audiobooks before, what did your prep process look like when you got the book? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, cuz cuz people everyone would frown on my initial prep process which was pretty much non-existent. Um it was a lot of cold a lot of cold reading and realizing mm -hmm. like the first book I mentioned in my first book I had recorded, I actually realized halfway through the book that one of the supporting characters was an older man and not like a 20 or 30 something. I was like, crap, I got to go back and record all that again. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I haven't run into the issue of, you know, the incorrect accent. Usually it's been an age thing, but I initially I was like, okay, I have to at least skim these a little bit better. I mean, I'm coming from a theater background where I'm used to a set amount of lines for like one or two characters at most. And I'm memorizing them and that's it. I, you know, I don't, we cold read at audition, um, auditions, but <laughs> in the audiobook world, you're, it's largely cold reading, but you still have to have a gist of where the story is going, what the characters are like, their ages, their accents, their backgrounds, something like that. So obviously now I try as much as I can to sort of skim speed read it a little bit. I don't necessarily read it word for word. And that's something I think in the community narrators will debate about, you know, how much prep do you put in that some people are very loose about it others are like i gotta read everything and like you know annotate and write all these notes and stuff and and some people hire yeah i think yeah i think whatever works for them I, I i think it's important to do everything you can to prevent those mistakes in the recording process so you should know ahead of time um so I, yeah i just kind of skim and get the idea for which characters are in which chapters any um accents ages if they describe their physical attributes as well as their voice, those are always helpful because I get a good idea then about how I'm going to approach that. And obviously, if I'm working with an indie author, they might have they might have some uh, input there as well. I haven't worked with publishers yet, and that's kind of one of my goals for uh, either later this year or next year, depending on when it happens. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just I don't really highlight anything or take just some basic notes. I'll take voice samples once I start going. So I can reference it and remember how they sounded. 
because there's been some books where they're like, yes, they're all attractive, hot males with deep voices. I'm like, okay, that's not a lot of variation then from that point out. Um, but you can get really creative with it. You know, yeah. the, the amount of volume you put into it, are they raspy or smooth sounding? Um, Cadence. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Have you been asking the authors or have they already been giving them to you? Because I think now that audio are coming more trendy and popular, authors are starting to realize they have to do some of the legwork as far as providing you guys with the proper information in order yeah. to get that stuff. So have you been receiving and if not are you asking them for descriptives of like accents and cadence and if there's any specific kind of pronunciations especially when it's you know a specific area in the states or outside and or you know my favorite when they make up words <laughs> yeah no I, I i always try to obviously if i've skimmed through and seen what uh the accent is it's kind of obvious but i'll still ask you know how strong an accent they want some people you know some authors really want something stronger and if i'm not confident in it then i don't want to go overboard but uh yeah i try to ask all that information ahead of time if it's not obvious in the manuscript and obviously if it's like a fantasy or sci-fi i need to know the pronunciations of their made-up words <laughs> and the author that i'm doing uh regine who i'm doing the Xi'an warrior series with she's really good about providing like a kind of a cheat sheet so to speak before each book about here's each one how it sounds and i send her all samples of each of the words and she signs off on them and it's it's i like that collaborative uh, collaborative process where you can make sure that <laughs> stay in top, on top of that stuff um, so it doesn't bite me in the butt later yeah well sometimes when it comes down to these books where there are made-up words or it might be a historical discovery of witches type where they travel backwards in, in, in France and things like that and I'm there's mm-hmm. a word and I'm reading and I'm going blah 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 uh, because there's no way in hell I'm gonna try to pronounce that uh so yeah. then I rely on you guys to let me know how to I'm like that's how you pronounce that oh okay cool yeah but, I guess there's some leeway in the in the way of uh, made up words in yes. sci-fi or fantasy because then at least the only person that you might uh disappoint is the author if you don't get it right because <laughs> uh, it doesn't it didn't exist before that nobody's heard the word they just read it uh but with historical yeah you and landmarks and things that are they actually exist you definitely want to be 100 accurate with those yeah i haven't done a lot of that but when i do i mean and it's not even just you know places i, I second guess just common words now things i've mispronounced all my life and i didn't realize it until the last two years i started <laughs> looking up these common words i'm like my life has been a lie this is this, this is all wrong Oh, yeah, there's been uh, some fun times happening on TikTok with narrators busting out with how to correctly pronounce a word versus how we've been doing it for them. And like one of them was like mischievous. Oh, yes, that was. Oh, I I did mischievous my entire life. And I was like, and even more recently in the sci-fi one, I was like, I did these first four books saying species instead of species, just a slight difference. But I'm like, I think the second one's actually proper. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so once once I learn it, I. I, you're good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. I'm like going, no. And then they ask, well, if you're from Canada, it's pronounced this way. And if you're from the States, is it this way? Oh, and I'm like, well, and that, and that, and that, that's the exception for sure is that based on your character, the accent, there's oh, yeah. different rules apply. I, I, I try to, you know, figure out what the most accepted one would be for, a, you know, general American or from a, a third person narration standpoint. But yeah, it's still yeah. fun to kind of figure out, like I said, mischievous or mischievous. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, whatever. You guys get the point of what I'm trying to say. Okay, good. Um, yeah. 
exactly yeah but again i totally understand the whole needing to have it be accurate specifically well and, or and even more importantly have it be consistent within the book yes that is true. <laughs> if you that do it true. differently if you do it differently in another book it's not as noticeable but you got to be consistent with it within the yes. project at least oh yeah because we will well, the listeners will tell you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on the review yep we will tell you that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a ritual before you, or anything that you do routine wise before you sit down at the recording booth to start, you know, uh, um, recording like strength mm-hmm. opening vocals or anything like that or good luck charms? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing crazy. I probably warm up less than some, but probably more than others. I, I don't know. I tried to stretch out my mouth and just often I'll read like the first page of a chapter in a really obnoxious, loud way or something like way over the top just to kind of stretch everything out and get vocally warmed up. And then I bring it back down from when I actually narrate. That helps a lot. Um, and obviously I would say hot drinks, water, um, whether it be throat coat or coffee, either one will uh, help a lot. I've noticed that was one of my biggest learning lessons. I think this last year, I once start recording, it just sounded like crap. Like I'd already been recording for eight hours or something ridiculous. And then it's like, no, my voice just hasn't been you know, warmed up yet. I need something, you know, a warm liquid in my throat first and then just kind of go into it. I mean, my voice does get tired after a while. I don't quite have the stamina that say Lori does. <laughs> <laughs> she can go, she can like, I her. I think, I don't know if her record, I don't know if she mentioned it, her record yeah. of recorded audio in one day. I'm not, I'm not just talking about time just recorded audio was like seven hours uh-huh yeah she mentioned and that's that. insane yeah <laughs> it is because usually it's like maybe two hours three hours max maybe if that and then I, I and mean, then a break for a while and then maybe go back for another hour yeah yeah so that's something i'm still trying to get better at and develop mm-hmm. in general yeah but you don't want to overdo it it is like with any kind of muscle if you overuse it it's not going to yeah. be as good the next day and then yeah yeah to sound consistent across the board is important yeah fortunately i've never like lost my voice i don't ever push it too far but i can definitely sometimes tell the quality of my voice from the beginning of the day until the end and there's a bit of a difference i think the most important thing is if it gradually deteriorates that's fine but if i was to like stop in the middle of a chapter and come back the next day and i sound completely refreshed when the last sentence sounded a little (laughs) lackluster (laughs) then it's going to be very apparent to the listener and i try to avoid that Oh yeah, that lovely morning voice that we like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when I'm and if I start recording first in the morning after some tea or coffee, I just sound and the voice is just deep and resonant. And right now, it sounds a little more gravely than normal, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't mind. Great, gravely, <laughs> gravely. Yeah, it. and it's also good too that you're and thank you for that as far as giving us the descriptions because sometimes people would just go as far as oh yeah he's a deep voice i'm like yeah but is it like deep and growly or gravelly or is it <laughs> like deep like echoey and stuff like that and they're like it just sounds really good and sexy i'm like i need to know if it's gravelly or not kind of a thing because you know casting uh, and also for that review <laughs> yeah well and that's yeah. something that didn't even develop until later i got really self-conscious about my voice after the first few books I did, because it sounds completely different. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's normal. Trust me. Yes. Yeah. Trust me. Even those that have done like, you know, infamously known for being the largest, you know, or the one with the most audiobooks does does not discuss the first maybe four or five books that they ever recorded because it just don't yeah. exist mentally to them. So yeah. Right. Okay. Like I'm not. I'm. I, it's interesting. I. I mean, being from the Midwest. 
I have that accent naturally and I've kind of, I didn't think about it. I mean, I did theater with it all the time. I really didn't have a lot of requirements to change my voice that much, but then I was like, well, okay, audiobooks, you got these characters from everywhere and you've got much more diversity in the, in the types of characters you're playing. And I was like, I got to kind of make this as region free as possible. Try to get the, just a solid general American accent where they can't really tell exactly where I'm from. I might get mm -hmm. hints of it sometimes, but I got really obsessed with that for a while and slowed down my productivity, but I feel like the outcome was better. I kind of just had that slightly higher, more nasally sound, Midwestern sound to some of my words in my earlier books. And I was like, okay, no one was complaining about it, but it bothered me. Like I didn't want to hear myself. Yeah. We're our worst <laughs> the critics though. I, I know. And at the time I was like, oh, this sounds great. And then I listened to it like just half a year later and I'm like, oh, <laughs> cringe. Yeah. Cringe. I feel like I've settled into something now that I'm mm -hmm. fine with, but you never know. Maybe another two years from now, I'm going to be like, oh, that book sucked. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it's like, you know, when you make biscuits, the first one is never going to be as good as the other uh, ones come there because you got to get into a group of things. So it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Everybody doing this has the same thoughts. So. Yeah. And again, we are our worst critics, so I get it. But no, that definitely the accents are really big in audiobooks, whether it is a Southern accent. And then again, being particular, whether it's Texas Southern or Savannah, Georgia Southern or Atlanta, Georgia Southern, you know, all this other mm -hmm. accents and it's going to cross the board. And But we are suckers for accents. What is your favorite to perform? It's an interesting question because I would say whatever comes easiest <laughs> when it comes time <laughs> to do the work would be my favorite. But in terms of like, oh, this just rolls off the tongue like perfectly. And I just love the way it sounds. Okay. So I like doing a general Southern or New York or something because those are I'm most comfortable with <laughs> any, most of the American dialects. I don't know how good they are that I'm, I'm kind of just basing it on my own judgment, but Again, no one's complained about those in particular. I love a lot of like Eastern European accents. Like I would love to get more into like, you know, Russian and some other stuff. I, I've done a little bit of Scottish and some British and whatever, but I, it's not my forte and I really mm -hmm. want it to be. <laughs> I would love to do a ton of European accents well because the amount of opportunities that you get from that alone and just the versatility and the characters you play is that much greater. So that's kind of a goal for me. I, I love the accents that I can't do well because it's, <laughs> I like the way they sound. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that, that's one of the, that's one of those tap goals. So. So you'd probably say that like when it comes down to the hardest for you to perform would be some of those British or Scottish <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, right? yeah. Or... The hardest for sure I've come across from my, myself personally. Um, I've only done a couple supporting characters this way and would probably be French. I, I, I can't get my head around French <laughs> to save my life. And it's just something that requires a coach. I've never had a dialect coach. So it's one of those things I'm like, I'm going to invest in that in the next like year or two and just like take off from there. So French was, French has been the hardest, but I, I don't take on any projects where that either the, okay, there's some exceptions. If the, if it's a third, <laughs> if there's a third person narration book where the, hero has you know an accent that's european I, i've done it i don't think i would do it again unless i got more coaching but i try to avoid definitely the first person until i'm very comfortable because yeah obviously you don't want it to be a caricature you don't want to offend people that you know yeah you don't want people from the people. area you're never going to make everybody happy either unless you're a no, native sure. so 
Yeah, but I mean, don't yeah. feel bad because there have been times, and I've always used these two as examples because it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it was an Irish character. They were from Ireland, and the the reviewers like he didn't sound anything like Irish, and the narrator <laughs> is actually from Ireland. <laughs> well, that that's that just goes to show you people's preconceived notions about what they think an accent should be. Exactly. We Ameri- and yeah. we as Americans are absolutely horrible about it sometimes. Yes. Well, I guess every country would be. It's like we don't think we have an accent, and then everything we are exposed to is in the media with TV shows and movies. And so, and plus, people move around and they have, you know, different experiences and pick up things from different places. No one has that, like that, that one container that they're stuck into. They've got everything going into that where they could have kind of a hybrid yeah and especially that nowadays where there is so much travel i mean 50 years ago we wouldn't um have so much diversity as far as the dialects go as far as people understanding and knowing and what it sounds like but even mm-hmm. the other example was also again oh his british accent was not up to par and <laughs> it was a basic british accent and he is from england and yeah. so it's like, yeah, he's been living here for a while, but he's still, no, he's still British. He still sounds British. I mean, you can tell when he says hello, love, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. Um, but again, everybody has a different ear um, and totally understandable when people are thinking that that's how it's supposed to sound like. I'm like, did you want more Lucky Charms or like a Pepe Le Pew or I mean, like? <laughs> yeah. You know? And the times I have done accents, the authors always want me to boost it up. I'm like, but I got to keep it lower because I'm not proficient at this and the more subtle it is if I just give hints at it yeah. the better it's going to come across to the listener so oh yeah it's uh I think the in this case a lot of times regardless of how well it's performed or not less is more because just because yeah. there's an accent doesn't mean that the listener is its favorites I know individuals are like I hate the British accent and I'm like okay <laughs> you know or they'll be like oh, I can't stand uh, you know the Irish or the Scottish and I'm like okay not recommending this book for you okay good to know so, yeah. It, yeah, but it, when it's a slight that you can tell, oh, yeah, the way that he said this or like when they're from Boston, depending on the word, it's always a good thing to, you know, to kind of figure that out. But yeah, yeah. it happens. It's OK. Yeah. We'll talk again yeah. in a couple of years and then you're going to start talking to me with a British accent. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pull one out of my butt right now because I'd probably, uh, you know, embarrass myself completely. But that's OK. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need a few phrases to warm up usually first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, and then a couple, you know, another year or so I'll have you back. And they're like, so, hey, how's that accent stuff going? And then, boof, you're going to yeah. bust out into yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. But let's hope so. Yeah, no. But in the meantime, <laughs> a Southern accent is fine and dandy for the, most of us. So we're good with that. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I haven't had any comments about the American uh, accents. It's mostly just like the occasional one for some of the European ones. But fortunately, those have been far and few between and earlier on in the career. So eventually, that will be something that I'll feel more comfortable with. Yeah, and that's okay. There's uh, some narrators that do absolutely no accents except for maybe a slight Southern, you know, (laughs) and that's it. Or they won't even touch it. They're like, if it has an accent like that, that's specific. Mm -mm, Nope. Yeah, and 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 they're fine with it. Yeah, some are very comfortable with the limited range they might have there. I personally would love to just have crazy range. So that's something I'm striving for. And on the topic of less is more, I mean, the same thing happened when trying to do female voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst, I think, for especially for individuals like yourself that have that deeper range. Yeah, well, you tone. almost want to overcompensate. Like, mm-hmm. I only have a couple books where I feel like I really kind of went a little too far with it. And then even... In, you know, you want to get the gist of it, but it's like, I've just learned, you know, less is more as usual, just a little breath under there, maybe just a slight lift, but not nothing crazy, something that I can talk with all day 
that won't be you know hard on my throat and also not sound absolutely ridiculous like they get it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) the listener is immersed they don't need you to completely be that now there are some narrators that it's almost indistinct i can't even talk indistinguishable where they can actually (laughs) almost sound that way and they're just very talented but those are kind of far and few between i think the majority would benefit just from less Mm -hmm. is more yeah, we've had that conversation. I'm like, listen, um, dude, we don't all sound like California Valley girls, okay? <laughs> and, well, there. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny because I think I had one review where someone says oh, he didn't distinguish his females from his males at all. I'm like, I did, but apparently you want me to sound exactly like a female. Oh God, no, we can't. There's, it's <laughs> no, you impossible. can't. Get, yeah. get get a female narrator if that's the case. But if I'm doing, you know, for example, the uh, Regine's books, the Xi'an Warriors sci-fi romance, I'm doing that is. 50 50 female male and i'm doing all of it oh my goodness <laughs> so that was like my best like you know trial by fire just learn how to do an entire chapter or an entire half of a book as a female and it's gotten better over time but that was like that's how i got over that very quickly <laughs> so yeah i mean again it's when you have such a deep voice it's harder to do that lighter higher mid-range i mean and as far as like the you know doing the voice of the opposite sex the best i think the females have that more down packed because again they can go lower in the Mm -hmm. male range like no there's two that are always like oh my god i totally forgot that you're a girl and i was like totally crushing on you (laughs) you know and it's like dude sorry (laughs) yeah well even even just not even the the gender difference if i try to voice you know i've done one book where i kind of technically voiced a high schooler or college age kid, you know, someone in their late teens, early twenties. I'm like, I can only do so much. I'm going to try to get it younger sounding without doing something stupid, but it's, I, I've got limits there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I settled into the, you know, late twenties, thirties, forties, pretty comfortably. And then I can age up much more easily than I can age down. Is <laughs> <laughs> a range. Yeah. But I had friends that were like 18, 20, 21 that sound, had that deep all of a sudden they went from talking up to talk. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So yeah. it's like when people are like, oh, he, he, he sounds too like gruff, like too much older. And I'm like going, I had friends that sounded. That's true. That's, that, that's true. They're basing on them. Probably they're just own personal experiences, but there are some people that even at a young age have some yeah. really deep voices. I'm sure they're, they're going it with like saved by the bell concept. <laughs> they sound like and i'm like listen exactly. the lockers were not ever that big in high school i'm sorry and we never <laughs> had a cool place like that to hang out after school so no uh the voice is the same thing <laughs> yep yep so we have a lot of different kind of characters that the authors write and then now you're going to be performing and playing these characters do you have a favorite type of character to play i gotta say i like the dark brooding types <laughs> <laughs> i think i just lent to that the best i mean i'll play like you know the sweet cowboy the romantic sweet cowboy and stuff you know that too that's fine um but i I really just like people that have a i guess it part of it depends on the writing style i really just nothing is better for me than a first person a lot of inner monologue not just you know the typical narration and dialogue but lots of inner monologue you know you have those sections in italics where they're like thinking something but then say something completely different right afterwards (laughs) to another character (laughs) It reminds me of uh, Dexter. I'm actually, we're rewatching that. Oh, love it. I love Dexter. But I just love the moments where he's like, I got this inner thought. And then he just says something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of what he's thinking. I just love getting in their minds. And so anyone that's struggling with something and, you know, 
especially those moments in the, the climax of a book where they just maybe it's a character with PTSD or some other emotional thing that they're trying to get over and they just kind of just launch out and have an outburst or whatever. I just love those moments. Those are just cathartic <laughs> as an actor. Those are the ones I, I live for, whether it be a good thing or a sad thing, doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it's visceral. Yeah. That's so, as long as the emotion is there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, it's good. I mean, those are the kind of things that when it comes down to the type of character, there is so much different volumes. Like I said, there's anything from the romantic comedy to, you know, the mobster hitman kind of a thing. Yeah, I like one with humor too. If it's a dark character, if they have some humor, that helps. I haven't done really a lot of or any romantic comedies per se. Not something that was explicitly that, but I would love to do more of that. I think comedic characters. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my bread and butter still seems to be the dark brooding type. So yeah, hey, you'll you'll get a bunch of other ones. Watch. Um, it's it's it starts <laughs> off. You kind of start in one area. And then there's something that you say or someone hears a, a, an interview with you and he, oh, he's actually funny. And then like, <laughs> oh, he's good for this romantic. Oh, I love his yeah. laugh. He should do this. You know, so it's, it's always stuff like that. Well, yeah. And it comes from my theater background, too. I did so many shows where I was kind of typecast as like the antagonist so often, which I think is probably why I am more suited for those types of roles, too, like the antihero or whatever. But I, I on occasion, I would do, you know the good sweet guy and I, I i like the variety i guess in the end so yeah. so what's your favorite part of narrating romance <sighs> favorite part of it yeah see when i first started i didn't think i was going to do romance i just thought i was going to take whatever whether it be nonfiction <laughs> or, <laughs> or you know i don't know what i was going to do i just wanted to do audiobooks and realizing that i kind of got immediately put in that based on working with Lori and with the requirements where i realized oh I really like doing romance. I mean, because there's so much variety in the stories. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it gets, it gets a bad rap, you know, yeah. it, 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 the reputation is not what it should be. I, there's so much more to it than people realize. And I think that's what I've surprised me the most about this is I'm like, wow, there are some really good stories here. Things that, you know, made me tear up and just really feel that. And I think, you know, I've, I've always been a bit of a romantic at heart. So I feel like it's been nice to express that with different characters. Everybody has a story, no matter their background. I mean, like, we're going everything from cowboys to alien warriors to Navy SEALs to whoever. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Everyone's, everyone feels it. It's universal. That's what I think I like about the most is that you can have almost every genre attached to romance and have a book come out of that. I, I just like it, the universal, universal aspect and just how everyone can feel that. It's, it's relatable. <laughs> so it's easy to connect to regardless of what the book is, regardless of the subgenre on their background. Uh, have you gotten accustomed to all the spicy scenes and stuff like that and having to vocalize that stuff? Yeah, that never bothered me. It was funny when <laughs> I first met Lori, she'd already done a few romances and she actually shared one of her scenes with me. I was like, this is how she knows she's in love with me. She's comfortable sharing her doing a Stevie scene because she wouldn't share that with anybody else. Almost, you know, I was like, I'm doing a sex scene and I'm going to share this with a stranger. No. So I was like, oh, she, she's comfortable with me. And then if she's doing that <laughs> and I just, you know, we were laughing about it or whatever, but no, I don't have any, you know, problem with it. I, I think it's, it's important to, yeah, I think, you know, from the headspace of not only the author, but for the characters, this is very real. And this is, you know, 
this is what they want and this it doesn't i i keep my opinion out of it completely and just become them and just yeah <laughs> yeah I know, what was the, what was what was the question, was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well because some of the 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 scenes i mean depending on the kind of book that you get can be a fade to black scene where yeah, the hot and yeah. heaviest is that they start making out and then stay to black close the door kind of a thing and then there's some where the whips and the chains come out and you're going yeah. okay um yeah. and you realize well, okay. did not know i had a kink but okay thank yeah you. no yeah no and it's interesting there are definitely you know, i've read somewhere i'm like oh this kind of, i can relate to this or this turns me on or whatever you know that that does happen um most of the books i've done they've, they've had explicit scenes we've you know some every other chapter some maybe once in the book but only a few have been sort of the fade to black. I'm like, okay, there's maybe four books I've done that I'm like, I can share this with my family, right? <laughs> no. No, no. Then they'll Google you and, yeah, exactly. auto, yeah. and then, then the, uh, yeah. they get the other book and you're going, oh, no, mom, no, yeah. not that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've got no problem with it. I, like I said, my first book had it like explicitly, like constantly. And I was like, oh, it wasn't erotica, but it was, you know, bordering almost that aspect of it and yeah i'm fine with it i'm just like as long as you commit to it that's the biggest thing you don't want to <laughs> overact it like crazy but also not like sound like completely unenthusiastic about it either you, yeah commit to it as if you were in that situation and then it'll, then people will believe it mm -hmm. yeah there's nothing worse than saying oh yeah baby do it again yeah <laughs> oh yeah baby great that feels so good <laughs> This acting was so unbelievable. Um, I couldn't bear it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those moments where, where you pull out like personal experience. I'm like, how would I have grunted this out? You know, like it just yeah. comes naturally, I think, in the scene. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think the, the, the author, when they do a good job with developing the characters and telling us the story, that when it gets to that part, especially the first time, that there's all this heightened emotions and things like that, that, you know, you're getting from the story. So you kind of know, okay, this is why he might be out of breath or he's like oh my god the tension and all that fun stuff yeah so, yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah. but i always wondered him um, when it comes down to especially when the newbies are into play <laughs> and like so do you still turn red <laughs> yeah no i yeah I don't, I don't turn red i i, I devote to it i'm you know it doesn't phase me i it's i know a lot of people obviously would not be comfortable with it but i'm thinking if you're good with it <laughs> that's romance is a genre to be in because there is plenty of it um and so i feel very fortunate that, that that's kind of become my main thing I, i'd be happy doing this you know long term for sure i mean they do have all these different genres where you know they have like the new adults the you know adult and stuff like that and i figured the first time that that new adult which is actually one of the newer ones as far as genre goes and i'm going mm -hmm. hmm new adult does that mean that we have vintage and antique adult <laughs> So I'm sure that as you, if you continue to do this, you'll grace gracefully in there as far as, you know, the vintage and antique adults. <laughs> there you go. No. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's also interesting to me, like when the listeners are, are talking amongst ourselves in groups or in, in, you know, on Facebook and we're talking one thing or another, they have been the moments where someone has said, oh, I've highlighted this. And then I've shown it to my partner because we're working on that tonight. And, uh, and so I'm going, uh, you guys realize that the narrator is here. <laughs> they can see everything you just said. Um, yeah, I've yeah. dropped in. There's like a couple author groups where I've dropped in. I'm <laughs> a member of, and people will be talking about the book and mention, oh, that voice. I'm like, oh, I'm hi, I'm right here. 
<laughs> and then they get all embarrassed, but I'm like, no, this is a huge compliment. You don't understand. That's, that's great. I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah, you have, you'll run into two types of listeners. The one that goes, oh, Sid, I'm so sorry. And then other ones that just go even deeper into details as to what <laughs> that, you once know, they know that Once voice. they know I'm comfortable with it, they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that some more. Yeah. When you say that word, ooh, Christian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have a word. I'm not, uh, who is it? Jordan or Tim. Oh. So, there's a couple out there that have, there, like, you know, uh, no, uh, but they all have something. <laughs> and sometimes it's overrated. <laughs> and other times it's one of those, oh, I don't care what word it is. You just keep talking. And I think yeah. that that's where the key lies, that it's not yeah. specifically about the I can read. Word. I can read the dictionary or instruction manual or something. And someone's going to be like, oh, that's the hottest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like, hey, honey, why can't you read the manual like that? Huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lori said that was one of the first things that she was drawn to about me. So mm. that, that, that must have been something. They're serendipitous there. Yeah, for sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always something, right? If it's not the smile, if not the sparkle in the eyes or the way that they move you inside of an aisle when there's a street for those that yeah. know, know when that movement happens or not sometimes like, oh, it's just how he says my name or the voice. So <laughs> yeah, there's something always for everybody. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Now that you've been kind of working this on um, in this industry of audiobooks and within Roman specifically for about two years now, is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you'd like to like? That's like your goal. Like the next one you want is this. <laughs> well, there's obviously more room for other subgenres within romance. Like I said, rom um, rom coms for sure. Um, outside of romance, I would always be down with a good mystery horror thriller. Um, those are ones that maybe there's aspects of them to some of the books I've done, but they haven't been full on that. Um, th that would probably be it. I'm not sure I'm suited well for young adult <laughs> or some of the other ones. It just depends, I guess, on the book. I mean, you know, I've got diverse amount of voices to choose from in terms of like a main character. Like I said, I can't get too young. So I might, I might not be suited best for that. I, I don't really have much interest in nonfiction either. I just, I, I really like to act and explore characters minds and the best way to do that is with fiction and romance especially has been my favorite so yeah i'd like to branch out a little bit but yeah if i'm if i do you know romance in general and all its subgenres for ever that's fine by me <laughs> yeah do you have a particular favorite type of uh hero to play like the billionaire the mobster um <laughs> you know the cowboy do you have one that you prefer out of just curiosity. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of mafia lately. A lot of dark <laughs> I've got several that have been out recently, and I've seems to be all I'm doing next month or two. So I, that's become a favorite. I think it just I I, I like the people that you know yeah, they they've got they're tough around the edges, but they've got a soft inside at the end. And you know it's something about that I think appeals to me. It's funny because I'm not that kind of person in real life, but like I said, I get. When I was doing theater, I was typecast that all the time. And I think there's something about playing a, a bad boy that's always just fun. Um, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I like the variety of playing some of this, you know, sweeter characters or funny characters once in a while. But I don't know. That's, that's probably still going to be my favorite at the okay. end of the day. Got it. Mobsters. Okay. Yeah, oh. probably. <laughs> Underground, you know, bad guy kind of a thing that has a good heart. Yep. Got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or my favorite sometimes is when i'm like wait i thought this was supposed to be a mobster but it turns out he's like an undercover cop you don't <laughs> find out that until like a third into the book and you're going oh okay 
So this yeah. entire time I, he's been the bad guy, but now he's the cop. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and even even if it's not you know mafia mob specifically, I just like a character that has some sort of baggage or trauma that they've had to overcome to kind of open up to someone. I think that that in general is what appeals to me, regardless of what their profession might be. So. Yeah, I can totally see you doing bodyguard, like past soldier <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of Navy SEALs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some with P- some with PTSD and stuff. So like it's been interesting to play a lot of those. It's, yeah. Those are always good characters and stuff like that. I've had friends in the military, so I understand when it comes sure. down to that. And again, man in uniform. Hello. <laughs> well, duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, listen or read books for pleasure in general? Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> No. Hell <laughs> no. no. I, <laughs> okay, I should clarify. I I would love to probably. Mm-hmm. I just I don't just have time for it right now. I'm too busy reading the books I narrate or doing a ton of the post production for Lori. So I mean, I, I I'm on both sides of the uh, table, so to speak. There, and I I just don't have the time for it. But yeah, I would think I'd like to. I mean, I feel like the last time I actually read anything in in length was when I was a kid. You know, doing. Um, YA novels and stuff like that as far as an adult I feel like I don't remember last time I read like a normal adult full like <laughs> novel that wasn't a book I was narrating so maybe someday yeah maybe someday yeah I we go this... through stages so yeah yeah exactly yeah I mean I remember reading ferociously as a toddler and you know mid-grade and even into my teenage years and then also oh adult scene happened and I don't have time and then all of a sudden later on in life oof, there we go again books yay yeah <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that this profession has forced me to read more, though, because I wasn't enough. I mean, I was always an academic, but I, I enjoy kind of just the escape, losing yourself. And I get to do that as a narrator. I mean, yeah, we're getting we get to do the technical stuff and have to stop. And it's not always a smooth flow, but you still get to read the book and feel the emotions and everything. So, yeah, that's where I get my fulfillment. So That's good. Don't you just hate it, though, when you're reading your chapter and it gets to that point and then goes, Dun, dun, dun. And then the next chapter is the other POV. And you're like, wait, what happens? Have you ever had that yet or no? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm, 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 if I'm, if it's like a book like Lori and I am working on, we'll, uh, I'll you know, finish a chapter. Yeah. Well, you usually have, a, I've usually skimmed through her chapters a little bit already to know what the context is so that when my chapter starts, I'm not out of the loop, but, uh, you know, I try to refresh on it and I'll be like, okay, what happened here? <laughs> so, <laughs> what was the aftermath of what just, and yeah. Right. Yeah, I, you were I, a dick. A few... <laughs> yeah, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> but that always happens to me. And I can only imagine because as a reader, we get to see the next chapter it's very smoothly, you know, yeah, chapter yeah. five. But you guys are going in between, especially when they change the POV. That's what yeah. we're going. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll typically I'll finish the chapter and then I'll just like skim over, you know, hers, the next one and be like, okay, this happened. And then I'll resume and I'm like, okay, I don't feel completely out of the loop. I know what happened. Now I can commit to my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, even when we're listening stuff, we're like, he said, what? Oh, he's such a jackass. Don't forgive him. Why are you forgiving? You know, so like, yeah. Like why did they suddenly break up? I didn't, I missed something. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, wait, they broke up. What did he do now? Um <laughs> Yeah. he'll yeah. come back in the end though. he'll yeah he'll come around he'll figure it out he'll realize how lucky he is all that fun stuff exactly yeah 
<laughs> so even though you've been really busy between recording your own books and doing the, the editing for, for Lori and stuff like that, when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Yeah, my definition of fun, I think Lori thinks is absolutely crazy, but I, I love working around the house. I like uh, when to come over, always... I have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I'm always I, I just always love to tinker with stuff. I, I mean, obviously, I came from the IT background. I was building computers and doing all that kind of stuff for a while. So I'm kind of a tech geek. And then we, you know, this house we're in now, we bought like four or five years ago. Maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's only been three or four. Regardless, it was our first home. And I was, she was not, you know, a homeowner kind of person. She's like, I'm just want a condo, someone that's going to, you know, maintenance will be taken care of, whatever. I don't know. I'm like, no, we're going to do this and I'm going to take care of it. Cause I've always been like the kind of guy that wants to build the furniture and whatever else. So I'm like, I can maintain a home. And I didn't know much about it, but I'm very much a do it yourself <laughs> safely and reasonably, obviously. But we took over this house and I just was like, I'm gutting a bunch of the plumbing and the electrical. And like, I think I replaced like every outlet and light fixture and all the plumbing underneath the sink. Like those are things I didn't really know how to do, but I'll tell you, YouTube is your friend. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm like, okay, safety first, but this is something (laughs) I can do. And I, when I research something, I am like completely devoted to it. And the same was true of, you know, learning about narration and the equipment involved and the software and all that, like. I'll spend hours just researching this stuff because I want to know knowledge. Knowledge is power for all this stuff. So that's what I like to do. Um, I like to travel when we can. That's like the only way Lori and I escape work because I don't have weekends. I work like every day on something. Freelancing. So the 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 only way I can possibly take time for myself or for us is if we leave the house. So we'll take some vacations and, you know, three, four or five days at a time, every few months or whatever. And yeah, I like the outdoors. I like working outside too, not just inside the house. I, I'm not really an out, not like, you know, the, the hiker camper, so to speak, but I like just being out there. Yeah, I hear the sun is good. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it be landscaping around the house or taking a walk or whatever, you know, I gotta skip, I gotta skip this four by six foot booth once in a while. So yeah i know i mean freelancing everybody's like it's so great to work for yourself i'm like i love it i really do but this whole home work-life balance doesn't exist and um (laughs) at least you get away from the booth i am constantly attached to my device so i've had to not like purposely i will not take my laptop and you know and then that's that it is what it is and then i'll put my phone on silent or something like that and i've been in the underwear drawer sometimes too (sighs) yeah there's been times where i brought my laptop on vacation just for like you know purely some audio editing or something for a book we were working on and i'm like i am not going to get to this i never do because i'm too busy enjoying the vacation and forget about it just yeah we'll just leave it at home then yep so for that one time where there was a family vacation at the beach here in florida and it was during june and that's my busiest month and i'm like all right people i love you but i need to <laughs> i gotta post this book this well up yes. live. Like, there there have definitely been some exceptions where like you know deadlines gotta be met no matter what come hell or high water so those are, those are the exceptions i try to make sure like i'm not like trying to scramble to finish a project right before because i've pulled all-nighters before right before a vacation trying to do something I'm like that's never gonna happen again because the two days afterwards i'm like you know i've got no sleep and i'm jet lagged and okay no this is not a vacation anymore this is yeah just you're grumpy 
<laughs> you're like you're no fun christian go away yeah yeah go exactly. get go get a turkey leg i'm gonna go on this ride i'll see you later no, that's something i <laughs> yeah that's something i have i still have not you know gotten good enough about is my own time i i enjoy this job so much it's hard to not work it whether it be even if it's you know recording stuff or editing whatever i enjoy it and i don't give myself enough of a break and yeah i think part of it's just the nature of the work the amount of the volume of work flows, com- yeah. the volume of work coming in has been so large i've been constantly trying to like stay ahead of it um it's it's been rough i mean early on a year ago i did catch covid during <laughs> uh, and it was right i mean i had already started booking up several projects with Lori at that point and you know they got contracted deadlines and stuff and i was out hard like for sure, at least three weeks, I had like a fractured rib from dry heaving and coughing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it got me good. Like I wasn't hospitalized, but it was like, I was one step away from it, I think. And then even after that, I was like, you know, I, the week or two after that, I was still trying to record finally, but then I'd be like having a coughing fit every five minutes and it was not productive at all. So that kind of set some things back. And, you know, most authors have been obviously amazing about that, but you know, we, we lost a couple in the process just because of the nature of it. People that, you know, have got a strict deadline. You can, if it doesn't, if it isn't met, it isn't met, then they'll find someone else. But yeah. we've been fortunate that most of the experiences we've had have been very good. And we've been able to continue to cultivate and grow this whole self-employed business. The other thing too, I think that most freelancers and myself included are always worried about is if, if I say no, or I book my me time, then I'm going to lose a client or I'm going to not get booked yeah. and I'm going to have all this, you know, lull of a time. Um, I've learned that that's the, that's okay. Cause when I do have it, I get to learn something new and add a skill set to myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. but also I'm going, I need to pinch my pennies because learning is not, you know, yeah. Money well, coming in. <laughs> it was scary. We went, we both went from reliable jobs in terms oh, of yeah. like a consistent paycheck I expected this amount per month to, Hey, we have to audition and, ask for a certain amount per book and make sure that, that we can maintain that consistently in order to pay our bills. And that's scary to jump into a full-time if you're not sure. So that's why kind of like she went into a full-time first and I was still working my other job and had all the benefits and whatever. And then once we realized, oh, this is months or even a year later, this is still consistent and it's continuing to grow. It's like, it's a little bit of a leap of, leap of faith, but it really was like, we did it cautiously. And then once we knew for sure, we went into a full force but yeah it's it's scary at first you'll get better at scheduling you'll figure out more of a rhythm and things like that as, yeah, that, as that, time that, progresses that's, that's the biggest thing I, I learned very quickly how to do the job but the biggest lesson was learning my limits and how long it would take me to complete things especially since i'm not just narrowing and i am doing so much of the post-production work and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is another reason why you know hey pay someone else to do it outsource that stuff so we continue to learn lessons every, I want to say every month, week, but it really it's every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always stuff. That, I mean, that's definitely a conversation that it's like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, when I see projects and I'm like, oh, that looks like so much fun. Cause I'm also a do it yourself kind of a girl and yeah. I will learn and I'll become a shmi on it. But I've learned that my time is also very valuable to me. And yeah. I would much rather either pay someone else to do it for me or just buy the item already done and maybe get it customized and pay a little bit extra, but I don't have to learn an entire new skill set, you know, to make it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And my problem too, is I'm a bit of a 
perfectionist. I like to have control of projects. I was that <laughs> I was that annoying kid in school that was like, I'm going to take control of this because I can't trust anybody else to do it, blah, blah, blah. And that's unfortunately how I've been with this as well. And in terms of like the post-production aspect, I'm like, I don't trust someone to touch my audio. They're going to mess it up, blah, blah, blah. But oh, you, right. you it's your baby. It. Yeah, it's hard. I know. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, authors are trusting me to handle their baby. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're not going to do it themselves. They hire me. So the same thing has to be done at the end for me as well. Yeah, you'll get there. It's a conversation that has to happen with yourself and other people. And, you know, they'll tell you this yeah. hire someone and, you know, you'll go from there. Yeah, <laughs> it'll happen. No yeah, we've got, we've got we've got some good resources for that. We've used other, you know, editors and proofers. And we obviously we use proofers because we shouldn't be doing that ourselves anyway. But yeah, it's something I'm continuing to get out of because I might not be quite as efficient as Lori in the booth because she records like, I don't know. Yeah, you say every like seven hours. Yeah. It takes her. Well, for her on average, it's like every hour of audio. It only takes her an hour and a half to two, which is like yeah. top tier. That's like the best any professional is probably going to do. I'm longer. I'm not going to say exactly how much. <laughs> that's what she <laughs> but said. But that's also just um. yeah. <laughs> classic. I was waiting for one to come up. Perfect. Yes. I was waiting for an end. <laughs> Thank you. We finally had to get one out there. Ah, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it's anyway. kind of professional. Yeah. So no, it's it, yeah. You were saying that with Lori, she has a, yeah, that's the average. I think they always try to calculate. There's an entire mathematical equation out there that does oh, yeah. the, that depending on the hour and the words and this and I'm going, I have allergies in mathematics. Um very grateful for the individual that took their time to explain to me how and insert stuff. But then I would like, okay, so they're gonna need 30 minutes to do this one scene. And yeah. so I booked the 30 minutes. I get everything there because I was a production manager and they get in the booth. They're like, okay, are we ready to record? Yeah, okay, press record. And five minutes. They took them five fucking minutes to do that one scene. And I'm going, but I booked you guys 30 minutes because <laughs> the formula said. <laughs> See, that formula sounds like it's me. And then yeah. the, five, five, the five minutes would be Lori. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you, they just, with experience, you know, like with anything, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. Dicing a tomato I, when you're in culinary school versus after you graduate is totally different. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely too nitpicky in the booth still, and that's something I'm trying to get past. You know, Lori can cold read like nobody's business, and you know her voice doesn't go quite as quickly or whatever else. But still, you got, time is money, and when you're doing audiobooks, you can't be nitpicking every line and how you're going to deliver it. That's where the theater background comes to bite you in the butt because it's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to rehearse these lines. No, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go through. Yes, you're gonna stop when the inflection is way off, or you've screwed up the character's voice, or whatever. But you gotta keep going. Gotta mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah, you gotta stop comparing yourself to Lori. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Yes. So, what is your favorite holiday, and why? Holiday. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be something in the fall because I like the season. Um, fall is my favorite for sure. Um, I don't mind the winter and stuff. So, you know, things around Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I, I guess I'm more of a, I guess I like Halloween the best. I don't know. It's just, that's the perfect time of year in terms of the season. So I like that. I like the slightly cooler weather, but no snow. Cause it's, I get hot really easily. And I, I just like cooler weather. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really looking forward to summer 
here in Michigan, you never know what you're going to get. So uh, <laughs> it's going from like, oh, here's spring. But no, just kidding. It's winter again. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah, probably, yeah, Halloween, I guess. Halloween. Is it just because of the weather or is Halloween something as far as the I like, candy I just like, or dressing up? I think the dressing up, the different, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole acting element, I guess, is why I like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got fond memories of that as a kid. So that's kind of what, I mean, I do that for good memories from it uh, all the holidays but uh, that one that one sticks out yeah so that's cool okay um what's your favorite snack uh i'm a sucker for salty foods mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't have i don't have much of a sweet tooth but i don't know S- salt which is not something i should have too much of but i don't know i don't think i have a, a particular specific snack just something salty Hmm. Are you more like the nuts kind or like the chips kind, like crunchy or non? Uh, yeah, crunchy, probably more of a chip person if I'm going to, yeah. Got it. And then just in case we ever get to hang out in live, I know how to have a goodie bag. Yeah, just give you. me a bag of chips and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking about getting together and stuff like that, are you doing any conventions coming up or anything like that? Because those are coming fast and furious in the real world. Now people are like, yeah. oh, we can pee. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I started during the midst of COVID, not because of COVID, but just coincidentally before it and anything that we would have gone to combination. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Plus I'm I'm still new to this and I'm like, no one's going to know me. I don't care. Like it's more from a a networking aspect. I think nothing was really planned. I mean, I see Lori mentioned the whole allure in Chicago as a possibility. So we may be, we're talking about it. So that could be a possibility. I've been trying to get to APAC too, but that's also been kind of virtual. Yeah, um, that's definitely been more that's, virtual. That's one. Yeah, and that one is one I'd like to get to in person if possible. I, I'd like to, you know, meet people from the various publisher houses. I mean, any successful narrators already worked with several of them and I'm still doing independent work, which I love that certain aspects of that, but I know I'd like, I'd like to branch out and yeah, one thing I'd like to it's do. It's a different experience for sure. You know, yeah. and you might end up realizing, oh, I love my Indies for um, just because of how <laughs> I, I, certain things are done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very much an, anything, but yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very much an introvert. So oh. <laughs> going to these things is not something I'm that comes naturally to me. I, I would really? say, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say Lori is more of the extrovert in the relationship. But I think she would argue otherwise. She'd say I'm more of an extrovert than I am because I mean, I get, I get up on stage all the time and I can, I know. Talk, you know, like, but. I don't know. I think when you've got a persona as a an audiobook narrator that is relatively relatively uh, secretive, you kind of end up like, oh, I gotta really like show myself. It's not just my voice anymore. So, but I don't mind that. I, I think eventually I'm, I, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not purposely trying to hide. It's just one of those things where it's more of a branding thing. And I would love to obviously meet some of the authors I worked with if they ever appear at those, which not a lot of them I think would have. Um, there's a handful probably that would appear there but um other narrators get to you know never from that aspect and just yeah sounds like a good time if you're going to do this for a living you might as well be with the people that um yeah be with <laughs> the people with that you. get it yeah no I think yeah. that that's what I was talking when it came down to the allure specifically is it's specific just for audiobooks whereas some of the other events that are conventions or book signings it's about books or they'll be specific about romance and then oh yeah we happen to have invited a couple of narrators fill in the blank 
This yeah, one is going to be completely about you have to have audiobooks. So if you're an author, you already know what the process is or list, you know, have, you know, love the oh. process of the fact that you have audiobooks out and you're the narrator. So, you know, that side of things, so it's a lot, there's going to be a lot of networking opportunities and, and getting to, you know, the, get to the fans too, because as much as we, I think this is one of the things that we love about social media is we can, like, I can say, oh my God, I'm starting a book that you're, you're narrating. And continue that little notes and i'm like oh my god that emotional thing when the dog almost died yeah that went oh my god you know um yeah yeah like i said i mean i don't i think I mean, laurie's got a ton more credits than i do she probably has more of a you know she's more probably known or people reckon no no i'm just it's just pure numbers i mean i granted you've <laughs> interviewed people that have less than i do at this point when you first interviewed them but i mean i it's one of those things where for me, it would be more networking. I, I don't expect people necessarily, necessarily recognize me, but you know, it's one of those things that I would love to do. And hopefully soon, if all oh, the works out, that would be, yeah, that would be great. Well, yeah, well, uh, definitely. I'll make sure to bring some chips. If I, if I, if I find that that you're actually <laughs> going, I'll make sure I'll have a, a Christian baggy good bag of goodies there and stuff like that. So, because as an introvert, you know, as I am myself, people are like, you're an introvert. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually an introvert, but I'm a social extrovert, but I will disappear <laughs> um, to recoup for a couple, you know, or when I'm done with the events, I will stay home for a week and a half just recuperating my energy because I'm like yeah. having to be on uh, a lot. And yeah. uh yeah, so I totally get it. Well, um, I, I I look forward to that aspect of it too, just because you're so lonely in a booth all the time. Like I've, yeah, I've, I've got Lori to talk to and she gets it, but it's like you still we're both kind of just confined here. So yeah, you enjoy that. I think it would be fun. I don't know. If you guys go, it's gonna be fun, fun, fun. So we'll <laughs> see. You know, I'll I'll see like what else does he like to do that I can say in Chicago? stuff that he could go down. like hello we visit chicago once a year already and oh see so, see as close as it is i mean it's like we'll drive to like michigan city and take a train in or something or you know stay for and this days. time would be a business expense because you're working on it and so you can tax deduct it well and i've stayed at the palmer house where it's being held we've actually stayed there before so oh, we're yeah. very familiar with that well, see, see. just as just this last winter we were there and we're having you know drinks in the lobby and it was you know familiar with it yeah well even though if even if you don't get to go officially maybe if you're available that weekend you'll get on the train and come visit us for a little bit you know exactly. i mean at the bar you can get me a drink there um, you go <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm desperately trying to know about you is we all love music at some point or another. There's always that one song that no matter which it is, but regardless of where it plays, whether it's in the car or at the mm -hmm. grocery store, when it comes on, you're like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. And you start singing. <laughs> what song is that for you? You know, for a while I was I hated the whole, you know, what's your favorite questions, but and when it came to music, I really couldn't say because I've got a very diverse um, taste there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I do something as crazy as, you know, Swedish melodic death metal to the next, uh, you know, pop song or something like it doesn't even matter. But if I really had to pick a band and more, more specifically a song, I would probably say Hysteria by Muse. Mm. I love Muse. I don't know why. They just they they have the quite a diverse sound in terms of other um songs and that particular one is just like that's just a rock out gym kind of song and that's that would be my first pick probably cool i one of the reasons why i do ask this is because i will add it to my my phone and so when we're hanging out together i'm like <laughs> <laughs> 
boom Perfect. i'm like yeah i'm like okay let's see let's see how he actually starts this yeah. you know look that one up stuff. just listen yeah. to the bass line and you're good mm-hmm. to go oh yeah no but it's yeah it's when it comes to music i have everything from nordic viking stuff to you know the roaring 20s to the 60s and so i have it all. oh so yeah i totally yeah. get it yeah it's yeah. a we'll have to compare lists and stuff like that and figure <laughs> out playlists. So, like yeah really okay cool this song is good. awesome yeah but like i'll definitely be putting that on there because I can also see, okay, where is he? Where is he? Bust the song out. And then when you start grooving, I'm like, there you are, Christian, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You got to get creative because it's almost like when you go to the stores and if someone yells mom or dad or something like that, or, you know, Samantha, how many people turn around, right? At least this way, we know it's you because of the song. So, yeah. You work with words all day. What's your favorite word? Not curse word, because that's different. And that's the second part of the it can't it can't be the same no no it cannot man i have a hard time with that oh, hmm. man, favorite word what did i say earlier that i really liked visceral yeah I, I like that <laughs> i like words that just roll off the tongue and seem like they they, they almost like sound what they i don't know how to put it but it's easier to say which words i don't like because <laughs> <laughs> of all the words that come up in books how many times uh. do you say grasp and clasp and or oh. any word that ends with th, but the next word starts with an s. I'm like, you can't. Man, it's already hard enough at the beginning of a session. But if I've been narrating for a while and I try to pull in one of those, I'm like, this is not happening. I'm just calling it. Yeah, I'm done. Visceral. That's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with visceral. Visceral. Okay. All right. I can't even. I can't even talk. Visceral. Yes. Visceral. Yeah. Visceral. Mm, there you go <laughs> let's see how many um uh, dms i get hey can i get that clip of that little snippet of him saying that word things i'm like yeah it's 15 bucks babe no i'm just kidding <laughs> charge at least that there you go side job right there i know oh my god if i had a penny for every time i had something like that oh you know or also sometimes i will like i have a small close-knit friends that i'm like oh my god when he said this, listen, listen. And they're like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'll only ask for 20% of the profits. So yeah, maybe. that's fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so on the opposite spectrum of that, um, what is your favorite curse word though? Oh, mine's going to be simple. I'm just going to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so simple, but so versatile. I guess that's why. And whenever it comes up in a book, I just love it. <laughs> of course sometimes it'll come out really badly because something didn't quite the f is like really dragged out and it sounds really stupid i don't know there's mm. been times where i'll just redo the the word fuck like 20 times in a book just because i, was, I don't think that no that wasn't no 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 normally that, that's not the case it just comes out naturally and i stick with it but you know. <laughs> if i had to pick one that would be it okay no that's, that's definitely one that's high on the list of people that i've been <laughs> spoken to and what's it, the weirdest one you've had not weirdest but, but probably the most unexpected or unusual huh i think it's one of been one of those where it was a, a polish word ah, that so they grew that, up yeah. yeah it was and from that perspective because i mean okay. i'm bilingual so i know this the from a spanish sure, perspective sure. those come out a lot uh, especially when i'm pissed 
(laughs) (laughs) or you said something really stupid uh (laughs) i just gotta rib you but the one i think it was a polish one that they're like apparently like a grandmother would say or something like that and then they did not know what it meant until they got older and they googled it and they're like oh grandma (laughs) (laughs) but fuck it's such a good word because it's just it could be used as a noun an adjective a verb you know adverb so Uh, yeah it's not an it's not an atypical response but I, I it's still that's what it is for me so yeah and also the you know the annotation that you put on there depending on if you like you have this thing where you do the the f but then also at the end the k, but it just sounds all good <laughs> together and i'm like say it again yes <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah so thank you for that uh <laughs> christian before we go can you tell us what you're currently working on or what stuff that's coming out soon that you can't share because i know sometimes you guys can't discuss yeah well fortunately i think that's more of a rule with publishers but i'm in the independent market so i can pretty much talk about whatever um Ooh. yeah it's i mean it's all you know unless something gets dropped which it doesn't happen unless something yeah let's see i'm trying to look at the, i sent you a list i'm trying to find it now that's where i will find it Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Where'd it go? <laughs> on email, that's why. Okay, so now I've got it. Um, there's one I completed recently, Mob Princess. It's the second book in a series by Kelly Vincent. It's a mafia dark romance. I'm actually surprised it's not out yet. Usually ACX will take about a week or two to release them, and that's about a week ago. So it could be out as soon as this interview's over. I don't know. Um, <laughs> otherwise, probably within a week, and that's the second book in a three-book series. Don't jinx it. (laughs) What? No, it is though. Okay. Don't jinx it. I'm just saying, taking some of them 30 days or more. (laughs) Well, the third book probably won't be ready till June, July anyway. But yeah, that's one of those ones where it's like each book ends with a cliffhanger and you want to probably read the entire thing. I've got a couple of books by Danny Hoots, Last of the Gargoyles books, two and three. That was actually one of the first books I did. And after like two years, we're finally getting to the last two in that trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's more of an urban fantasy. It's not strictly a romance. It's probably like the cleanest stuff I've, I've recorded. So that's coming out. Um, obviously, I've got that ongoing sci-fi series by Regina Bell, Shion Wars. There's the book five and book six, which is Chaos and Varnog. Those are pretty lengthy books, like eight or nine hours a piece. And again, those are me <laughs> doing the entire thing, male and female point of view. So those are a beast. Those are sci-fi's like that, I guess. I mean, I I like sci-fi. I'm definitely a sci-fi geek versus a fantasy geek. So I like that, but they are super difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Not only because of the made-up words, but just because, I don't know, just the nature of it. But I, I love her work and I'm looking forward to doing those. Um, more on the mafia front. Dangerous Defiance by Selena. That's going to be probably June. Um, and there's several others mostly sequels <laughs> to series i'm already working on um there's one more book for kelly elliott which we've Lori and i have done a lot of work for like six or seven books called the journey home and that's a standalone typical contemporary romance um for that one and there's a few others more um in july august that are probably coming down the pipeline but yeah i don't have a lot booked out beyond that i'm pretty much booked out through i'm usually booked out three or four months at a time and there's, I know there's some that are coming out maybe 2023. <laughs> the authors are like, we're going to have you do this, but it's going to be like at least a year. So 
Um, my schedule is pretty open for the end of the year. But so yeah, authors, we, that just, just yeah. means that he's available. So book him now, please. Cause we want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like fall I'm, and fall and yeah. winter, I'm pretty open. So yeah, you know, work with me. Here I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh, not yeah. hard. It's not, it's not hard to, I, I'm, it's by design though. I I've purposely been backing off auditioning more. I mean, most of the work we get nowadays see the references between authors saying hey work with them i've worked with them or it's continuations of new series or sequels or something with authors we've already worked with yeah a lot of the authors have also been asking the listeners hey you know what do you think about this or you know who are your top males and stuff like that and and yeah. that's also how they've been casting them so <laughs> yeah it's been nice to not have to audition for every single thing because at the beginning we were like we were like you know scavengers just grabbing for everything the seals flying down on the auditions and eating them up no it's it's been nice to not have to worry about that as much and i've purposely kind of backed off a little bit just to get a better work-life balance but as soon as i get some of the post-production out more i'd like to just really focus on the narration and work with other authors and dig into some other stuff so so yeah so if you have a cowboy that needs some you know voice and stuff like that christian is your man (laughs) i'm just saying you know (laughs) Cowboy beats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that voice with the Southern drawl. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it sounds. I mean, I just do a general like Texan yeah. accent. I don't really know. I'll, I mean, that's the thing about New York or Southern. I have a very general um, way of doing it, but I'm, I'm not quite so skilled to pinpoint exact specific regional dialects and and narrow it on that. I mean, I, with some time and practice, obviously I can, but I've kind of fallen back to just generalizations for the most part. Yeah. But yeah. It's just a slight Southern draw. And again, it's one of those words things where they bust out with like darling or honey and stuff like that. And you're going, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, that's what I like about Southern too, is that you get to drop some of the typical, you know, consonants and stuff at the end of, of words where I'm doing third person narration and I'm trying to make sure I, you know, pronounce every single word as precisely as possible without sounding robotic, obviously, you still want to sound natural, but there is an advantage about accents and the way that some of those rules you can kind of let go. And that, that's the thing I like the most is I want to make sure everything I do sounds natural. Realistic. Yeah. I, I don't want to be just reading and I, I want to sound like they're hearing an actual person. Carrying on a conversation. Yeah. No, totally understand. Yeah. We we like that. That's also why we're not happy with this whole AI thing going on. But that's a conversation over oh, drinks. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, For another that, time. <laughs> uh, I don't see that ever being a big issue. It's, oh, it's honestly, funny how it's come neither. up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand the author's appeal if they want to save some money sometimes, but even then. I think most authors would be like, I still don't want to sacrifice that. And yeah. listeners aren't going to be on board with that. They want the human connection. That's what storytelling is all about. So. Yeah, exactly. And also be able to, you know, if you are on social media and stuff like that, to be able to say, oh my God, that book was so awesome. And have yeah. you had that conversation and stuff like that. Exactly. You miss yeah. out on that completely if you got some AI voice doing it. So. Oh, absolutely. Because that's, that's again, like I said, another conversation. But yeah, so definitely think. But thank you so much, Christian, for being part of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. I appreciate you and your time. Oh, thank you very much. I'm honored and, like I said, surprised, but I'm glad to be here. And <laughs> hey, maybe in a year or two, we'll 
Well, we'll have you back. Yeah, you'll come back and you'll you'll okay. be like, dude, I was okay. so busy and I, I was at the schedule this stuff out and I got the coaching and I got the British accent down pack now and everything. So yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, we'll do this. Uh, let's catch up with Christian Black in a year um, and see how awesome. you know he's doing for sure. But I, again, thank you for, for your time and everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today and we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as a series. Make yes, sure to follow him on social media because he's going to get a lot better at that too. <laughs> no pressure there you go yeah I will. I will. Okay, thank you um <laughs> you'll find all the links so you guys don't have to go hunting for it over at the audiobook loving series page at liviana enchantress of books and until next time happy listenings thank you for joining us in the audiobook loving series hosted by viviana enchantress of books we hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.